All right, all right, all right, all right. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Right? Yeah. Well, good morning, everybody. Who's the singing guy, the tall singing guy that stands up there? Well, my name is Matt Jansen. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church. My wife and I have actually been here for about three months now. And just falling in love with all of you, getting to know you and serve with you and, and glorify God with you has just been a blessing. And we're so excited to be here. Um, and of course, we have some great moments coming up today. I, oh, I, I need to mention to you as well that Pastor Mike and Ev are not here this morning. And the reason that they're not here is because we gave them the day off. We said, just, just go. <laughs> just go. You guys have been working hard. And um, uh, and so they're down actually with their grandkids um, at uh, Great Wolf Lodge and having a great time down there. So really excited for them to be able to do that, um, that they can be free to do that. And I hope they're having a great time. I know he's probably listening to this. So I hope it was amazing, Pastor Mike. Um, and this morning, we're going to be continuing our series on Advent. And of course, when we talk about Advent, we're talking about the celebration of the coming Messiah. That Jesus came to earth. And so what we're going to do this morning, here's how we're going to approach this. Um, what we're doing is we're taking a different word every week to highlight as we anticipate and look forward to this celebration. And last week we talked about hope. This week our subject is peace. And if you were to title my message this morning, I would title it Overwhelming Peace. Overwhelming Peace. And here's how this is going to look. We're going to read Three passages of scripture. I, I, you know, I've heard somebody once very wise say, Matt, if you're going to preach, you should at least read the scriptures because if you don't say anything good afterwards, at least you got the word of God out there. So we're going to read the word of God this morning. And I have some good things to say to you this morning. Don't worry about it. Um, Mark chapter four is our first one. And just keep these in the back of your mind. File them away because we're going to come back to these later on. Okay. So Mark chapter four, verse thirty five. Uh, I hear some pages rustling, so I'll give you a few moments. Some apps clicking. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible on this one. And this is what it says. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took, along to in the boat, took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. But they said, uh, but he, and he said to them, Why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Mark four thirty-five through 41. The next one is this. John 14, 26 and 27. John 14, 26 and 27. And in the interest of time, I'm just going to dive right in in the New Living Translation. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And finally, Luke 2, verse 13. 
Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word this morning, Lord God. We stand under the authority of your word, Lord God, and on the authority of your word this morning, Lord Jesus. And we pray that your word would accomplish what it, accomplish what it sets out to do. God, we pray that it would not return void. And this morning, Lord God, we pray that every heart would be changed as we declare and deliver this word. Lord, I pray that you would help me to get out of the way so that your presence can come and do what you want to do. I say, God, have your way in this place this morning, in this word. We ask this now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So the season that we're in is the season of Advent. And like I mentioned earlier, we're taking these Sundays to prepare ourselves in anticipation for a great celebration. And what are we celebrating? We are celebrating that Jesus, in fact, came to earth in the form of a baby. The term that we use in Christianity is the word Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, this wouldn't be anything astounding if it was just simply a baby, but we believe that God came to earth in the form of a human being and that he chose to come in a manger in the most humble way. This is our God. This is a celebration. But to be quite frank and honest with you, I find it somewhat ironic that we're using the term peace this morning when we're talking about a childbirth. Eleven years ago, I experienced a childbirth. Okay, I didn't experience it. My wife did. But I was there. I was there. And I can tell you the word peace was not on the top of my mind. In fact, I would probably say the word that would define it would be the word trauma. Traumatic. I mean, I'll never forget it. Tanya was was two weeks out from her due date. Okay, it was January of, of 2008. I was working at a restaurant at the time in the evenings. And um, so I was out there serving, and all of a sudden I got this phone call at the front uh, desk there. And so I walk up, and I pick up the phone, and Tanya's on the phone, and she says, Hey, Matt, uh, uh, I think something's going on here, and you need to get home. I'm like, bam! Drop everything. I'm like, I need to go now! The manager's like, yeah, get out of here. And so I once heard a preacher talk about how when, when, you, when, you, when you're driving your wife to the hospital, you don't have to worry about the speed limit. Yeah, so I'm sure I broke a few laws that day as I rushed home to go and pick up my wife. Luckily, I remember she was at home. She was making white chili. Do you remember that, babe? You were making chicken chili, and your sister was there with you. And luckily, she was there because, Tanya, if you know my wife, you've got to understand something about her. Nothing stops her. I mean, she could be sitting here right now with a raging headache, and you would never know it. I mean, she's just unbelievable. And so I'm sure she just thought it was a little bit of indigestion or something was going on, but her sister was there. And while she was there with her, she says, okay, well, these, these pains are kind of happening pretty consistently. We should probably time this. And so she timed it, and sure enough, there was something going on. So I got home. I remember grabbing our suitcase that we had packed and putting it in the back of our car, and there beside the suitcase was an empty car seat. I remember that moment thinking, oh, my goodness, this is it. This is it. Look, we're, we're leaving with two, but we're probably going to come home with three. This is crazy. I broke a few more speed limits on the way back over to the hospital. I got there to Langley Memorial. We ran inside, and we walked up to the nurse, and we said, oh, we're going to have a baby. And the nurse, who sees this probably 50 times a day, was like, okay, well, you just fill out this paperwork. No, we're going to have a baby. No, fill out the paperwork, 
And then I want you to go back in that room. Is this where we have the baby? No, just go back in that room and wait for the doctor. But the baby's coming. And so we made our way back into the room. The doctor came in. And I'm sure they see rookie parents all the time that show up with indigestion or Braxton Hicks. And this was not that. This was actually the time that the baby was coming. The doctor said, yes. And so they ushered us back into this room. Tanya was on the bed. And I'm not going to give you any more details because, quite frankly, after that, it's kind of a blur. An eight-hour blur. Was it more? Maybe it was more than that. It, it, It was a long time. We were probably there about 10 at night, all night long. Tanya did her thing. I was there prophesying speaking faith. When, the, when you don't know what to pray, the God gives you the words to speak. So I was probably speaking in tongues the whole time because this was just insane. Pain, 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 rest. Pain, 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 rest. And it was just, it was all night, just go, go, go. And in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, then it just started to grow. I mean, the chaos, just nurse and me and Tanya. Then there was two nurses and me and Tanya. And then there, all of a sudden there was a doctor in there. And everybody was coming into the room and flooding in. And there was just this, like, this chaos and this panic. And it was just, ah! Trauma. PTSD. Those are the words that I would probably use. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of this, there's the yelling. And there's the, ah! There's all this stuff. And then, there's a baby. And I remember the doctors looking at me and putting this baby in my arms and saying, call it dad. And through tears of joy and PTSD. I said, it's a boy. And then I'll never forget. They weighed him. They measured him. He pricked his foot. I wanted to punch him. Don't you dare punch my my kid's foot. And, um, And then there was a moment where everything was right. I was on the rocking chair with my son, Josiah. He would hum at me. I said, he's a singer already. Come on, he's a worship leader already. Just prophesy. And he was in my arms, and Tanya was resting, and she was okay. And the struggle had given way to peace. I want to propose to you this morning that every person on this planet is in a struggle for peace. That the thing that we're actually longing for, the thing that we actually get up each morning and pursue, although we may not be able to articulate it, is a sense of peace. That if I just got that new house, then it's going to be okay, and that moment will come, and the struggle will give way to peace. If I just get that new relationship, then everything's going to be okay. And then, and then that struggle will give way to peace. Whatever it is, we're longing for it. And we don't even know it. We're looking for it. So what is peace? How can we define it? If you go to the dictionary, you can go to the next slide. If you go to the dictionary, some of the key words that pop up are the words harmony, freedom, Agreement. I love the biblical definition in the Old Testament in particular. The word is shalom. Just saying it brings you peace. Let's all say that together. One, two, three. Shalom. Isn't that nice? Just kind of rolls off the tongue. It's like, yes, shalom. Shalom. And that is about completeness, soundness, welfare, peace, safety, prosperity, tranquility, Great words. Friendship. 
especially with God in a covenant relationship. Peace from war. Peace. Peace. My favorite definition is in the scriptures in Isaiah 53, verse 5. New Living Translation, this is how it says it. He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. There we go. Peace. Everything is made right. We are complete. We are whole. So the question then is, how do we find this peace? And what does the Bible tell us about it? What does Jesus tell us about it? Where can we get this peace? Here's what I'm going to do this morning. This is how we're going to break this down. I'm going to give you four thoughts about peace, about God's peace. The first three we're going to kind of go through. I'm going to unpack them a little bit for you. And then we're going to camp out on the fourth one. Okay? And we're going to come back to some of these scriptures that we talked about earlier. And then we'll, we'll land this plane. You guys with me? Okay, here we go. Number one. The peace of God is not like the peace that you find in the world. John 14, 26 says, But though when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. That out there you're never going to find There's a peace that Jesus talks about here that is next level, that is supernatural. It's a peace that only he can give. I want that peace. A lot of times we try and find peace in distraction. If we can just escape from this reality, then we might find peace. When I thought about the peace that the world gives, I thought about what what would that actually look like I think of a peace that is temporary. It doesn't last. I think of a peace that is dependent upon external factors. I think of a peace that is a state of mind. I think of an escape to Hawaii. It's going to get on a plane. I'm going to leave the world behind me. I'm going to sit on some sugary, powdery sand. I'm going to just relax. I'm going to drink some good drinks. I'm going to eat some good food. And nothing's going to bother me. Because all I will hear is. Right. Come on. Right. Peace. We could just escape. If We could just get away. If I could just get out of this relationship where there's conflict. If I could just run away from this situation that isn't going the way that I thought it would. If I, if I could just get out of this job that seems to be dead end, that's just creating so much conflict and chaos in my life right now, then maybe I could find peace. But Jesus isn't talking about that type of peace. Jesus is talking about something deeper that guards our hearts and minds. Jesus is talking about a supernatural peace. Don't you want it? I do. So number one, the peace of God is not like the peace you find in the world. Number two, what is it? The peace of God guards our hearts and our minds. It guards our hearts and our minds. Here's what it says in Philippians 4, verse 6. In the New Living Translation, 
don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So how does it do that? How does his peace guard our heart and mind? That idea of guarding, by the way, is like the picture that I would get is like a goaltender. Like Thatcher Demko for the Vancouver Canucks. And nothing's getting by that guy. Well, yesterday five of them did, but that's okay. Because we still won in the end and everybody was happy. Well, at least I am. Six to five, thank you very much. A goaltender that's actively guarding your heart and your mind. It's not just a one-time wall. There's the wall. God, the wall. No, no, it's God who is actively guarding my heart and my mind. How does he do that? How many know that there's freedom when you don't have to know and control everything? And the image that I have of that is of, of a little child. When you're a kid, you're not worried about too much. If you're a kid, like I was a kid, with amazing parents, you trust them. And you just know that they're going to work it out. i got to tell you, when I was six years old, I was not worried about my next paycheck. When I was six years old, I wasn't worried about what we were going to eat in the evening. I wasn't worried about any of those things because they had it. I could just rely on it. I knew that they were in control. In Matthew 18, even if they weren't in control, I thought they were in control. (laughs) About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child to him and put the little child among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like a little child, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. It's this idea, it's this this thought process of God, I don't understand, but I trust you. Because you got this. It's putting your faith and your hope in God, like a little child. Then he will guard your heart and your mind. Do you see that? Number three, the peace of God overwhelms the overwhelming. The peace of God is not passive. The peace of God does not just come and and just like, oh, I'm the peace of God. Let's just be nice and quiet. No, no. The peace of God is dominant. It overwhelms overwhelming circumstances. Romans 16, 20 says, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be with you. Amen. In Mark, the scripture passage that we read at the beginning, it says this, that he rose up in the boat and he rebuked the wind and the waves. That idea of rebuke is not to, uh, excuse me, wind, waves, hey, I'm Jesus, but have heard of me, son of God, settle down. No, no, no. He took dominion. He got up and he says, quiet, peace, be still. And the peace of God dominated the chaos that surrounded them. The peace of God dominated it. When Jesus proclaimed peace, his peace overwhelmed the overwhelming storm. He dominated it. Jesus has the power to physically change circumstances and bring peace. Amen? 
Jesus has the power. He has the power to heal. He has the power to deliver. He has the power to bring freedom. And he has the power to restore. Do you believe that today? Come on, that is the foundation of what we believe, that he has power to save, that he has power to set free, that he has power to heal. Our God overwhelms the overwhelming. Overwhelms the overwhelming. Okay, so that's number three. I told you we're going to breeze through these guys. But now when we get to number four, I just want to be really real with you and take it a step further. Because I could stop right there at number three. And you guys could go home feeling blessed. That's right. Our God overwhelms the overwhelming. Come on. No circumstance in my life can stand. Bam! In Jesus' name. And, 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 and it would happen. Right? But let's go deeper. Number four. The peace of God exists in the midst of our circumstances. <laughs> in the, now let me just get really real with you. What's happening here in Mark chapter 4? So this is what the Bible tells us, that Jesus has this idea and says to his disciples, hey guys, why don't we get in the boat and go across the sea? The disciples are like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And they get in the boat with Jesus and they start going across the waters and there's lots of people following them and they're probably feeling really, really cool because they are with the Son of God. They had watched him perform miracles. They had watched him heal the sick. They'd heard his teaching, and they're like, man, we are with the coolest person on the planet. And if they had any inkling at all that he was the son of God, if they were like me, I don't know what they were thinking, but if they were like me, they were probably thinking, if God tells us to do it, then nothing could possibly go wrong. Right? Because he's called us. He said, listen, I want you to get into the boat. I want you to sit in that boat, and and we're going to go across the water to the other side. It's really simple, but that's what I want you to do. And they said, yeah, okay. And so they get into the boat and they start going across the water. And Jesus is exhausted from ministry. He is spent. He lies down on a pillow in the stern of the boat. Pastor John, where's the stern of the boat? I'm sorry. I'm not a boatsman. Where's the back? He's in the back end of the boat. I'm picking the front, so I'm really glad I asked you and we clarified that right now. He's in the back of the boat and he's sleeping on a pillow. Okay, and he's sound asleep. And as he's sleeping, the Bible says the wind rises up. A wind rises up. And the waves start to grow. And chaos ensues around them. And what do the disciples say when they wake Jesus? Why are you sleeping when we're dying? Sorry, that was really dramatic. But it's true. This is real. Now, here's what I want you to to understand here, folks, and and I really want you to get this. These waves, they're not Sunday school waves. They're not story waves. So then, children, there was a wave that rose up, and they were scared, and they woke the Messiah, and he stood up and said, don't do that anymore. And the waves listened and settled down. Isn't that a nice story? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, no. These waves actually had the potential to kill. They were real. I mean, there was actually spray in their face. There was actually wind blowing at them. There was actually something that was coming against them that had the potential to destroy them. So Jesus calls them to get into the boat. They think everything's going to be good. And then all of a sudden, waves. 
Huh. Just because God calls you to something, I think oftentimes we think that following the will of God will guarantee success. But following the will of God does not guarantee success the way that we may envision it. It may not go the way that we thought that it would go. I'm in the boat. Come on, Jesus. Where are you? Have you ever been in that place where the waves around you are so real and the wind is so real and it's no longer a story? And in that moment, what do you do? I'm here. I'm not going to make it. Help. Don't you care that I'm dying? Can we just be real? Can I just be real? And what does Jesus do? Jesus turns and stands up and dominates it. Dominates it. Dominates the storm. And in Mark 440, I love how it says this. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples, it says this, were absolutely terrified. And the New King James says they were exceedingly afraid. So before it says that they're afraid, now they're like next level afraid. Now they're like terrified. And they say this, who is this man? They ask each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. When your belief in God, who is with you, is greater than your belief in the storm that surrounds you, then you will know a peace that passes understanding. I'm going to say that again. When your belief in the God who is with you is greater than your belief in the storms that surround you, then you will know a peace that passes understanding. Do you know who's in the boat with you? Do you know it? Because their fear went from a fear of the external and a fear of the circumstances that surround them to a fear, can I use the word wonder and awe, of something greater that was with them. Can I just tell you right now, you might be going through a tough circumstance in your life. You might be surrounded by storms and by real wind that literally has the power to destroy you. But the one who is with you is greater. Isn't it true? He is greater. Do you know that the one who can overwhelm the storm is in the boat with you? What is this peace? What is this peace? What is this peace that he's talking about? The answer, he is my peace. God's peace is eternal. It's outside of our time domain. It's ever present And if we put our hope and our trust in him, he will never leave us nor forsake us. He is your peace. Ephesians 2.13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the wall of separation. He is our peace. He has made a way for us to come into the presence of God. John 16, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Why? Because I have overcome the world. He is the overcomer. He is the king. 
He is the one who overwhelms the overwhelming. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To which also you are called in one body and be thankful. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Who's in the boat with you? It's Jesus. Who's with you? It's Jesus. Who overwhelms the overwhelming? It's Jesus. Who's our hope? It's him. It's him. I want to close today with just a quick personal story about what this looked like in my life. Um, about dark night of the soul. It was a, a, a really hard season. Um, I was dealing with some depression, some other things, and um, I would wake up in the morning, I remember, and I would think to myself, okay, is this going to be a good day? And I'd do a little self-evaluation, self-assessment, and then it would just hit me, just bang, just, just sense that something was off and not right. And um, I remember, like, life was so good. I, I remember I'd hear great sermons, and I still wouldn't be free. And I'd preach great sermons, and I still wouldn't be free. And then I'd have these amazing moments in worship with God, and I'd sit at my piano, and I'd cry out to the Lord for freedom for that moment of just deliverance. And it, it wouldn't happen. And we had a son, and then we had a daughter. I remember being at the zoo with them one day on this gorgeous sunny day, and it felt like I was trying to run a marathon with somebody hanging on my back. That's what it felt like. I just couldn't shake this thing. I couldn't think my way out of it. I couldn't break free from it. It was just there, and I kept begging God to deliver me from it, but he he didn't. But there came a time where I had to determine what I was going to do. And I decided that I was going to believe what the word of God said. I decided that I was going to stand on his promises. And I decided that I was going to set my bearing towards that and that nothing was going to deter me from going in that direction. And I said to myself, one day my mind and my will and my emotions are going to come into alignment with the truth of God's word. But until that day, I'm going to stand firm on his word. And church, I'm going to tell you, there was no great moment of of deliverance. There was no moment where I can point to and say, that moment there, I met God and I was completely delivered from that. That didn't happen. But over time, step by step, in following God, in putting him first, in recognizing that the one who is in the boat with me is greater than the storms that surround me, I can tell you that I've been free from that for probably seven years now. I can't even point to the time where I broke free. But as I trusted in God and I believed in him, even though the evidence around me was overwhelming, God set me free. He set me free. So this morning I want to invite the worship team to come as we close. I, I hope that was abundantly clear. That if God is for you, who can be against you? That our peace is real and tangible. That it's not based on a feeling or an emotion. But finds its substance in the person of Jesus Christ. And that that person, Jesus Christ, is here with us right now.
And I wonder this morning if there's anybody here, we always want to give opportunity. I'd like you all just to bow your heads for just a moment. Just close your eyes. I wonder if there's anybody here this morning that says, I'm looking for that peace. See, the Bible tells us that we're always in conflict, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that we're separated from God. But he is our peace. And God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not die, but have everlasting life. See, it's by believing in him putting our faith in him and confessing with our mouth that we believe that we are saved. It's not by anything I've done. I don't stand here today, you know, as an example of righteousness at all. I'm an example of somebody who's been saved by the grace of God. And this morning, if you say, Matt, I'm hungry and I want to know that peace. I want to experience it in my life. And I want to, for the first time, invite Jesus to come into my life to be that peace. If there's anybody here today that says, I want to, for the first time, invite Jesus into my heart. Nobody's looking. Wherever you are, can you just put your hand up? The Spirit of God is working in this place. Is there anybody here? Okay, next, you can raise your hand up. You can look at me now. If there's anybody here today that says, Matt, I have been in so much chaos and turmoil in my life. You know, when I was in that position, I knew the truth. But what I actually needed was people to declare the truth to me constantly. I needed to hear it. I needed to be, I needed to be reminded of the truth constantly. And it brought me back into alignment because I was so quick to drift into what I was feeling. And if you're here today and you say, Matt, I've been wrestling and I need to know that peace in my life. I need to know it. I would love to pray for you this morning. And so we're going to sing a song. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to go down over here to this side. Tanya's going to close the service. And I'm just, I'm going to pray with you. If you need prayer this today for peace, and if there's 20 of you, I'll pray for all of you. And if there's zero, that's fine too. But Tan, you go ahead. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. Through it all.
for you in your weakness he is strong so if this morning you're feeling weak tired overwhelmed that's the perfect place to be because he is made strong and Jesus we declare that it is well with our souls because we trust in you the one who can speak peace over waves and wind and they obey so we surrender Lord Jesus I just pray that you would be with your people this morning Lord Jesus may your peace go with us into our weeks may your peace go with us into our relationships in our homes and our families and our marriages may your peace go with us into the work offices and the schools Lord Jesus your peace may we be your carriers this morning this week, this day. In Jesus' name, bless your people. 
We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you so much. Thank you for being our hope. Thank you for being our peace. All we need, Lord Jesus, is in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go in peace this week. Have a wonderful week and enjoy some coffee in the back. And remember to sign up in the front. And we love you, church. Have a great week.